And welcome to the Deuce Podcast. I'm Brad. And I'm Jeremy. And Jeremy, we are on the tail end of our 80s movies. We are doing episode 89, Crocodile Dundee 2. And what a way to end the 80s. The 1988 both, movie? B- both our 80s of, the, of our movie reviews and the 80s of the decade. Yes. Again, the stars Paul Hogan from the first movie, and mm-hmm. um, how do you pronounce uh, the woman who would later become his real life wife? How do you pronounce her name? Is it Linda Kozlowski? Kozlowski, Juilliard trained, by the way. Yes, this uh, movie came out in 1988. They married together in 1990 and divorced in 2014. Uh, they made five movies together. No, four movies together, I do believe. Crocodile, the, all, all the Crocodile Dundees. Yes. And um, what's the one? Where Almost like, an Angel. Yes, the yep. Angel, right? Yes. Yeah, which is just basically Crocodile Dundee Angel, right? Um, Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it many, many times, actually. Really? Yeah. Maybe I, I have. I'd watch that remember. over. I'd watch that over the cross, Crocodile Dundee movies anytime. So these these movies were really popular back yeah. in the day. Yeah, um, it, it had the other one had Elias Codius in it or Codius or whatever how you pronounce that. Sure, I, I I'll, I'll trust you on that one. Casey Jones. Oh, Casey Jones. Oh my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And David yeah. Allen Greer was in it. Oh, David Allen Greer. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was was that before or after In Living Color. Um. Well, the movie came out in 1990. Okay, so around that time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's no lightning, Jack. <laughs> oh, Koopa. Oh, Koopa. What yeah. were you thinking, Koopa? Was that right after he won the Academy Award? Did he do that? Or was it no, 94. Was it 94? I don't know. Yeah, it was 94. And he didn't win until what, 90? So it had to be before that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing scenes of it. They're like, these are what Academy Award winners were doing before they won. And I'm like. And here's what they're doing after. Snow dogs. (laughs) Snow dogs. Half this movie takes place in New York. And the other half uh, takes place, of course, in Australia. Yes. With a a dash of South America. With, With a dash, I guess, of South America. I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, it does. That's where they started. Oh, yeah, I guess at the, at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I forgot about that. Basically, because I'm trying to forget about some parts of this movie on purpose. <laughs> so, do you have any uh, anything to say about this movie? This is the first, uh, this is the film debut of one Stephen Root. Yeah. Who people might know from uh, Barry or Everything. News Radio. Or just about anything. Uh, office Space. Milton from Office Space. Milton from Office Space. Yeah, um, literally, this guy yeah. seriously has to be in everything. I do believe this is also perhaps Colin Quinn's first movie. It might be. He just walks he up walks and... walks in. Yeah. The little information I read about that was Colin Quinn was so excited about, about being in this movie that he then wrote a bunch of scenes with him being like the sidekick for Crocodile Dundee and then gave it to the director... <laughs> because he wasn't, you know, quite aware that, like, you don't do that. Yeah. So, there you go. I'm surprised he, his scenes didn't get cut. Did he, he thought he was going to Michael McKee in his way into, like, Short Circuit 2? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he thought. He thought Is that how Michael McKee got in Short Circuit 2? I don't think so, but, you know. Okay. That seems odd. We would have talked about it. No, he'd have been the, but he would have been the sidekick type. Yeah, I mean, he would have been. Yeah, I mean, you're right, but. I just think of uh, Charles uh, Dutton uh, Rock as yeah. more of his sidekick. In Char- Charles S. Dutton with a performance that feels <sighs> awkward. Very awkward. I don't know how to describe uh, it. It's very it's awkward. Very awkward, but uh, we'll get to it. But, and and uh, an early performance by Luis Guzman. Luis Guzman is in this movie. He has about three lines. Yeah, he'd only been in like seven things before this. I know. And mostly like... Mostly, like, two of those yeah. were on Miami Vice as, like, drug runners. Yes. 
So we should say Greendale alumni Luis Guzman yes. is in this movie. He got so much tail. Got so much tail. So uh so that's interesting. So after after he he was in the Greendale, he got this movie. Yeah. Through their drama department. That is exactly yeah. right. Which is exactly how they got it. So uh, before we get going on this movie, uh, we're going to let you know that we are members of the No Photo Podcast Network. You, it's not required to say it like that, it but is you can if you want. It. You have to say it like that. But you can if you want. You can if you want. You got to say it like you're a Southern lawyer. Like, the No Photo Podcast <laughs> Network is a bunch of podcasts. I'm from around the world that deal with different subjects like movies like our podcast or politics like politics for dummies or sports or Bibles or dogs or anything else you would want. Am I correct? Comedy podcasts? Well, I do think that is correct. <laughs> Don't know why. Don't know why I started doing that. The featured podcast for this oh, we're continuing. for this okay. month is Heroes Garage. Heroes Garage, did say? All sorts of things about comic books. You could, y'all could ever want to know. Y'all could, y'all could want to know. Have one of those mint juleps and then talk about it like oh, Superman. And I think it bears mention here. <laughs> I think it bears mention that we have two new members of the of the podcast family. We do, huh? We have ramblings and tirades. Oh, with, okay. with Robin Davis, Robin Travis. There you go. And Berks County Unsolved. Okay, so there you go. So there's some new, fresh podcasts that you can sink your teeth into and go for there. Yes. So, uh, but why don't we get into it? Let's do it. Get into the outback. Well, first let's get into what South America, Colombia, probably. Yes. And uh, then we'll go to New York. But before we do that, let's drop the dose, Jeremy. All right. You may. Let me, let me tell you what's going summary. on with this movie. Living with Sue after she stopped him from leaving New York to go off and explore America after she's confessed that she loves him. Weird sentence. Australian crocodile hunter Michael J. Crocodile Dundee is still trying to adapt to life in New York City. Oh, my God. <laughs> he wrote this. All right, let me just try this. Australian crocodile hunter Michael J. Crocodile Dundee is trying to adapt to life in New York City and getting used to a different culture. Uh, you okay? Is, no, this is garbage. This, this is person garbage. needs to... Whatever. Let's scrap it. Scrap it if it's garbage. No. Okay. I'm not even going to try to... Uh, he's, getting nice, used, he's, getting used, he's getting used to, seriously, this person has never met uh, a, comma a, a, or, a period. Or, or period. Yeah. Well, they probably have, but not the same period we know. Well, his name's Daniel, so I'm pretty sure he has. <laughs> and, he's writing, and he's writing IMDb synopses, so <laughs> he's not. Anywho, <laughs> he's learning, he's using his hunting survival skills yet again in New York. When Sue is kidnapped by crime boss Rico and his associates. Yes, Rico. Sue's ex-husband photographer and photographer Bob Tanner witnesses a brutal crime and takes snapshots of it. For safekeeping, he sends them to Sue. Mick rescues Sue from Rico and his associates. But when he realizes he can, he's failed to be able to protect her, Mick decides to take Sue back home with him to Australia as his best bet of protecting her. But when Rico and his associates arrive after tracking Sue and Mick down, Mick takes them on by doing what he does best. Crocodiling. <laughs> Why don't we crocodile it down a little bit? See what I did there? <laughs> Seriously, this is terrible. I'm... This person should be sad about it's probably how probably better than the movie, though, would you say? No. 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 No, this is terrible. Like, Okay, yeah. here's what the actual sentence says, right? I'm just reading this uh, a quick synopsis. Let me read one sentence here. Go oh, on. no, that's all one sentence. Oh, that was all one sentence that you already read? Yeah, like it... So it ran away from itself. <laughs> this is... This is... 
living with Sue after she stopped him from leaving New York City to go off and explore America after she confessed that she loves him. Australian crocodile hunter Michael J. Crocodile Dundee still trying to adapt to life in New York City and getting used to a different culture is about to use his hunting and survival skills yet again. When Sue is kidnapped by crime boss Rico and his associates, when Sue's ex-husband photographer Bob Tanner witnesses a brutal crime and takes snapshots of the crime and sends them to Sue. Period. Okay, now have some water. Breathe, breathe. Oh my god. <laughs> That's incredible. I don't know who would write a sentence like that on IMDb because most people write great sentences on IMDb. No, they don't. Don't they require you have a degree or something? No, they don't. This one's they, a sentence. They require to have you an email and then to verify that. That's how you get on IMDb. Oh, neat. Yeah. It's pretty nifty. Yeah. Um, but uh, so this movie starts off. We we did say in Colombia, yes, with uh, Sue's ex-husband. Well, it, right? No, it starts off. No, it starts off in New York. Yes. Well, right. we we don't quite know whether he's in the outback, whether he's in New York, or whatever. But he's like throwing he's dynamite in, a, he's in the in river. A boat. And to to give you an idea of how bullshitty, you know, Paul Hogan's writing of his own character is, he's like he throws dynamite in the river. And when it explodes and he starts randomly collecting the fish that yeah. he's stunned, uh, a helicopter just swoops in and then the uh, harbor patrol comes up. Right. And they're like, oh, it's you, Mick. I should have known. Right. And then he's just like. Uh, all the people I knew like, it was going to be you. Well, I know you're discharging dynamite, but we're. It's okay, guys. Let's just go. And yeah. they turn around and leave. Shot of uh, the Twin Towers in this movie and also of the uh, Lady Liberty as well. So um, give me an idea of where it's at. Yes. You know, in the 80s. Um, and so that, that was, it, it's always kind of jarring when you do see, you know, the the World Trade Center in movies or, or TV shows. Yes. Um, some people have cut that out when they rebroadcast that. They used to. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if they still do. Um, but it is kind of like kind of weird. To kind of see that, but whatever. But he doesn't. Yeah, they don't take him in. They just are like, oh, get, oh, it's Mick again. And yeah. he offers him a fish. Yeah, and I'm like, I and don't know just, about that fish. What you don't like New York River fish? I love New York River fish. Sure, they're. You gotta get me some New York River fish. <laughs> New York's <laughs> New York's new club is called New York River Fish. <laughs> new York's hottest nightclub <laughs> is. Snush. <laughs> um, a Paul Hogan wannabe. <laughs> Fishes with dynamite. Where they have crocodile undies. <laughs> That's where there's a bunch of people wearing underwear with pictures of crocodile dundee <laughs> Paul Hogan's face on them. <laughs> anyway, so. And we see that he's, he's still in New York. Yes. Yeah. And this is this movie takes about six months after the first movie. Yeah, if you're, if we're doing it hasn't line. been that long. Yeah. yeah. Um. So obviously he's still got the fish out of water thing going on. Ha ha ha! No, no Get pun it? Intended. Fish out of water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anywho, so we cut to. Uh, well, he, uh, I think they. It cuts to Sue Sue's, in her office. Well, no, I think it's her, her, the loft. Right. And, well, her going, friend is there. No, well, is it? I don't know. It's really nondescript. <laughs> uh, she's talking with her friend. Who she's she in the works loft, with. and then he, he he's like, "Hey, I got you, I got you breakfast," and he has the fish. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Shower, like, so he, uh-huh. yeah, and uh, so he's making fish for breakfast. Which, which of us doesn't love fish for breakfast? <laughs> I love fish for breakfast. New York River fish for yes. breakfast. Uh, while you're walking around in your crocodile so do, so undies. Do you want Lucky Charms? Or you do what fish? Ooh, fish sounds good. Can it be both? <laughs> Pancakes uh, or fish, please? <clears throat> Why did you? It's the newest, it's the hottest craze. It's chicken and waffles. Chicken and waffles. Pancakes and Pancakes river fish. Pancakes and river fish from New York. Hipsters, get on that. Delicious. Delicious. <laughs> so basically, then we go into. Uh, what Columbia? Yeah. Well, yeah. she's talking. She's talking with a friend later yeah. too, who like they're sharing clippings of like, like oh yeah, this yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. And she says, "Well, that's my ex-husband." Yeah. And so, uh, so she 
Um, they're talking about how well, he's like this. I swear the guy from Batteries not included. Am I right? The guy with the perfect beard. That guy has a perfect beard. Yeah. He, Always has a perfect beard. I, you know, I'm not 100% I swear sure. to you it's him. Uh, I'm trying to think. I will look that up. But okay, you look it up. Um, anyway, so he, uh, he takes some pictures of some guys um, he realizes that he is, or they spot him taking picture of this assassination. And so they're after him. So he escapes, he gets to, uh, he gets back to his hotel. He sends off the photos, the, the film, they end up, uh, they end up killing him, but now, uh, they're in a race to get, uh, to get, go get the film. So it's between uh, the the bad guys uh, who are drug dealers uh, and obviously murderers and the DEA uh, led by Agent Kenneth Welsh or Agent Brannigan played by Kenneth Welsh who uh, from like he was I think in Twin Peaks and he was in yeah. uh, Lodge 49 if you've enjoyed that uh, yes. that series. The guy that does play Bob Tanner is in Batteries Not Included. He also is in um, Better Call Saul. So he's got a prominent role in that series as well. Nice. That works. So if anyone knows who I'm talking about, then there you go. You're also in one episode of the new, in a couple episodes of the new MacGyver series. Which isn't Crocodile Dundee, just the Australian MacGyver in a way? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, really, kind of. I would say so. Uh, anyway, so uh, so Mick is kind of bored, so he decides he's going to get a job. He's which okay. I I have to say I think this is weird. So he decides he's going to get a job. He goes to a bar and just announces he's looking for a job. Yeah. And uh, well, it sounds like he's been to this bar before. Yeah. Right, because because yes. he, he says, "Hey, uh, just an announcement. I'm new to town. I'm looking for a job. If anyone knows, yeah." And people kind of laugh, uh, but I'm like, six months. I mean, I guess you're new. You're new in town. Was he even allowed to work? Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe he's got to be under the books or whatever. Yeah, but know. Who knows? Anyway, but uh, Leroy Brown, bad, bad, baddest yeah. man in the whole damn town. Yes. So we get a character named Leroy Brown. Played by the Charles great S. Charles S. Dutton. I love Charles S. Dutton. And he's people are like, be careful. He's he's a shady character. He's bad. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay. Mm-hmm. So he gets you outside when with you, him. When you met Charles S. Dutton at the mall. No, I didn't Omaha? meet Charles S. Dutton. Yeah, at the remember mall. that? No. Yeah. You no. said you, you said, oh yeah, like Rock. No, I didn't. Yeah. You said the guy that played Rock. You saw. No. You saw him. Yeah. No. I, oh, yeah. I I talked oh, to the guy okay. named I talked to yeah, Charles Dutton on the phone. Oh, Charles is Dutton. But you said you saw him also at the mall. No, I didn't. Yeah. I saw who the, the guy, guy from Everwood. Everwood. Tell me who you from. The guy from Everwood. Yeah, what's his name? No, John Beasley. John Beasley. There you go. Someone got John Beasley and Rock confused. I never have gotten them confused. Oh, I think so. I never have. I never have. Do you remember that show, Rock, though? I love Rock. Rock actually dealt, like, uh, what was cool about Rock is they did live episodes before live episodes were, like, in fashion to, like, the, to redo live episodes back in the day. Yeah. They also dealt with, like, homosexuality and, like, uh, HIV, too, which was very, like, I remember the people getting totally upset. Don't watch Rock. And I'm like, oh, really? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm going to watch it then. If you tell me not to watch it, I'm going to watch it. I never heard of Rock before 2004. I think it was. Somebody went, oh, my God, you talked to Charles S. Dutton? That's yeah, Rock. Charles S. Dutton. And I went, what the fuck is Rock? I'm like, you, you mean the guy from, from Aliens 3? <laughs> Correct. The guy from Aliens 3. God, yes. Uh, yeah. I love Charles S. Dunn. I love everything he yeah, does. He's super nice. He's super. Is, was he super nice? Oh, yeah. God, yeah, he was. Yeah. Very, very nice guy. Yeah. Um, so the part that I find weird about this performance of Charles S. Dutton <laughs> is so he's trying to be this badass, shady character. So yeah. he's doing this voice, which is 
almost what I would characterize as like a, a caricature of some like hoodlum of some kind. Right. Like, I it, mean, he's trying to be, you know, I've got a reputation of the yeah. streets. He's trying to be. He um, sounds he sounds like a, a 70s pimp. Kind of. It's what he's like yeah. the voice he's doing. But then he'll take his sunglasses off and he's like, listen, buddy, here's what <laughs> I'm really doing. And I'm like, whoa, what? I'm. I'm selling uh, office supplies. Yeah, he None he's like, van. you got to make deliveries for me. Stationery. Yeah, he's delivering and stationery. notepads. Which, that's fine. Yeah. Post-it notes. I'm yeah. badass. My post-it but notes But he also delivers them in brown paper. <laughs> wrapped in brown paper. <laughs> Not in boxes. Yes. Just in parcels. Well, yeah. You know. Yeah. It's weird. But um, the, what I really, and I, I agree with you, this is weird. I thought he was an undercover cop. Yeah. During the whole movie, I was like, because I've never seen this movie. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, he's a cop. Like, he's undercover. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, he's, but I was like, why would he be undercover? He doesn't know anything about what's going on with him. Right. You know, he doesn't know his life. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know why. I thought yeah. he was undercover. Anyway. So, I mean, uh, the, this movie, so everybody has seen a fish out of water movie. Like really I have. It's called a fish out of water. Not Wanda, but a fish out of water. No. Everyone's seen it. I mean, yeah. Thor. Yes. You can, you can say is more of a modern kind of whatever. Uh, Little Mermaid, I can go on and on. Yeah. You know, um, Beauty and the Beast, whatever. But like this movie does it so poorly. Oh. Poorly, like where they'll be like, "Hey, what do you think about this and this?" And he goes, "Yeah, I reckon." <laughs> so and that is it. Let's talk about uh, the scene that where he does deliver something for him. Like he doesn't say that he's going to work for him. He says, yeah. ah, "I might think about it." Yeah, but he sets up and he goes, "Hey, go! I got a delivery." Because well, they're, re- they're going to make, they're going to have lunch, right? And so he's like, "Well." He goes, I have two deliveries to make. Yeah. And Mick goes, well, I'll take one of them for you. Yeah. And we'll get back here for lunch twice. Oh, that's quick. what it is. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But he takes it takes it to some office. Yeah. And then like out of nowhere, there's someone on the ledge that wants to commit suicide. Right. Yeah. Who wants to jump. And the girl's like, oh, no, we have a jumper. Well, and I, Why did you put this in, Paul? <laughs> well, his no lack sense. of. Oh, he does a lot of that shit where it's like a, a lot of like. Look at me. I'm saving the day in yeah. awkward ways. Yeah. I and mean, it's just these things over and over to prove like how. How like, manly. Yeah. Whatever. And, how. And it's so stupid. Like he, he comes around the corner and he's just like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. He's like, I'm just going for a walk. Yeah. Well, and I'm sorry. I don't care where you're from. Like, I get that you're from wherever in the outback, but you don't know that somebody's going to kill them. So like, yeah. I mean. Yeah. And I realize you're comfortable wearing those clothes. But you've been there six months. You don't have any other clothes. You just have that damn vest and that hat. Yeah. You figure maybe every once in a while you would dress a little bit differently. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I get about like not wanting to lose your identity, but come yeah. on. Like a stocking cap. Right. And a, uh, and like a sweatshirt no. and, and jean. Oh, wait. No, that's so the guy. an angel. <laughs> so the guy does that, that. I have seen that movie now that I'm thinking about it. Oh, my God. So anyway, they, uh, he convinces the guy not to jump yeah. because he accidentally falls and then he pulls himself up and he goes, well, he, so he, he's talking yeah. to the guy, which I mean, this scene, like as like bland as it is, like yeah. it's kind of okay for me because he, he's not like, I'm going to get you and wrestle you in. He's talking him like yeah, he's talking very him slyly talking him down. But, but why? Why yeah. have this in this? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you why. Because Paul Hogan likes putting gay jokes in. Yeah, well, that's true too. He did that in the yeah. first one too. Yeah, um, he did. Uh, what was it? He did um, the first one where there was like a transvestite. Where he? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he it's he loves while, doing yeah. LGBT jokes. Yeah. yeah, super hilarious. Super hilarious. You know, they hold up. I have a joke for you. Mm-hmm. Once there was this guy who had a career <laughs> in the United States. Yes. And now he's in Australia with tax problems. With tax problems. Paul Hogan has tons of tax problems through fuddling channels, through uh, through profits he's, he's made through movies, through offshore accounts. I've read about this. It's so bizarre. And so, like, it's ongoing. 
Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yes. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. It's like that would make a better movie to me. Yeah. Someone playing oh Paul my Hogan God. in that movie. Oh, my God. I want to make a story of right. the story of Paul Hogan. And yeah. Just totally make it. Call, call it Crocodile Tears. Yes. Boom. 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 Sold Written. It. Boom. Can we go back to the scene at the playground? Because there is uh, there is a, uh, a girl uh, on the playground played by the girl that was in... Um, Ta- Tatiana Ali. Yeah, Tatiana Ali from... Um, Freshman's Bel Air. Freshman's Yep. Was in there. I was like, yes. I was like, who's that kid? And also those kids are just very like, oh, it's Mick. Yay, Mick. Yeah. Awesome. Another random scene that makes no sense. No sense at all. So, and also... You walk on the playground and start playing with children. Either you're at some sort of a school or just yes. in a public park. Yes. And no parents yes. are like, There's that three dude. Things. There's three things that you are. You either work at the school or the ward parks department, yeah. right? You're a pedophile or you're Australian. And you're a fish <laughs> out of water. Those are the only three things, right? <gasps> that pedophile's by our children. No, no, no. He's no. an Australian no, fish out of water. No, that's just a crocodile hunter from Australia. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. oh, my God. Oh, okay. my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. But yeah, like they they do these things like, hey, you're good with kids (laughs) and you're tough. Uh, And, you know, all this other. It doesn't it doesn't play out very well. No, it it seems tacked on. It seems very hand fisted. Yeah. So to the point where I'm like, his delivery is like, yep, did that. Yeah. I'm cool. He doesn't even say that. It's not even like I'm cool. It's like, uh huh. Sure thing. I reckon. Yeah, yeah. It's very. I reckon. Basically, it's a very Australian thing. Maybe it is, but I I don't want to make fun of the culture. But no, I mean, but there's always there's that. This is a guy. He was before he did this. He was hawking Fosters, and he had a show for years. Yeah, he had a show that the director of these movies then also produced. So I mean, he's you know they both are. um, I think they're both have been in trouble with. The tax evasion. Probably. So, there you go. So. I wonder if these movies were specifically made to do that. I really kind of think that they... Well, like, you know the whole... You know who Uwe Boll is? Yeah. He was the guy who did, like... um, Oh, God. Was it uh, House of the Dead? The really bad... Yeah, he he started licensing video game properties. And basically because in Germany they had a thing where, like, if you flopped... They recuperated the costs. Yes. So he would made sense. Yeah. He would spend all this money and then recoup his costs, and so he just got nothing but profit off of, of crap. Yeah. And so I guess that's like, one way of making a movie. Whatever. Um, looking back, I kind of either think that they were, or during the process of of getting into making these movies, that they thought that that was a good idea. I. Oh my god, you know is I mean? this the producers? Yeah. Is this the producer? They thought they were gonna make a flop. And, and then they had to make it, a, and it went huge yeah. and had this worldwide phenomenon. Perhaps. Who knows? That drew attention to them. Perhaps. You know? I don't know. Because I don't know. You you look at the plot of the first movie and you're like, why would anyone want to really watch that? But I guess it was marketed very well. And yeah. Was, so who knows? Yeah. You know, we can we can speculate all we want, but so um, he's at the door of the apartment, and he gets a letter from the postman. Yeah. That's the that's the film that the ex husband right? Yes, yeah. That sets up, you know, our movie to uh, for the bad guys. Yeah. So the bad guys then are then are like, well, they've tapped the phone of the ex husband, and they're on their way to New York. To capture the ex-wife Sue, mm-hmm. to uh, where you know because they want the they want the film, right? So they're they're you know trying to blackmail her or they're whatever. So I love that you were like they kidnap her from from work just out of the blue because that's how people do. You know, there's a lot of kidnappings in the '80s, like a lot where it's just it's basically a van pulls up or whatever, get in, boom. Yeah, yeah. they were trying to scare us quite a lot. In the 80s. Oh yeah, they were. Anyway. So, I love that you were like, where are they taking her in New York? They, it's like, what? The, you know, like he has this mansion in New York? Yeah, it's like a, um, it's weird. It's like, it looks like a Spanish 
or like a Spanish villa. Yeah. Maybe he's in or, Spanish or, Harlem. Who knows? No, I think they said earlier that later that he was in Long Island. Oh, that makes but sense. Even then, I was thinking he was in Long Island. But even, even then, then it seems... doesn't. It looks weird. Well, the whole movie. Was and it, I swear that I saw palm trees. <laughs> uh, it probably was. It probably was that part. Prob, prob, probably wasn't. Yeah, because parts of this were filmed in New York. You can you can totally. Yeah, some of it was. Yeah, maybe possibly was. So uh, so he's been kidnapped. Which yeah, is great. We got a damsel in distress. So he goes to goes to Leroy Brown. Yeah, and they recruit an army of, of punks? street punks. Street punks. Now there's a famous scene when they do recruit that I've seen over and over again because I remember it being. Uh, the movie of the week is Crocodile Dundee Two, and uh, Paul Hogan throws the knife at the Mohawk kid, and it goes sticks right in the middle of his Mohawk. And he goes, oh, the reaction of, oh. And I saw that over and over again for like two weeks, like on TV. We can re- we can reenact it right now. Do you know now. what I mean? Oh. Well, okay, so uh, you be Paul Hogan. No, that's fine. I'm like, what? Oh. Why? Why would I do that? <laughs> the, what, what do you think your odds are of getting oh, out of there alive? Oh. Yes. Uh, fair. What do you think your odds are of getting out of here with that jacket? Pretty good. Like, I mean, that's, yeah. that's what it was. Like, he throws a knife. He's like, oh, yeah, Into his good. mohawk. He's, oh, it's not even a mohawk. He just has this tuft of hair on his head. He looks yeah. like he looks like he tried to replicate Jack Nance's hair from... Uh, um, oh, God. Why can't I think of that? Yeah, I don't know where you're going with that, Jack Nance. <laughs> where he's got the... Um, oh, God. I'm losing it. Are you thinking Jack Palance or Jack Nance? Jack Nance. Who's Jack Nance? He was in, uh, Jack Nance was in... I know the name, I just can't think of it. He was in Twin Peaks and he was in, um, Eraserhead. Oh, He, he had, like, this Eraserhead hair. Oh, Except gotcha. he was like, you know what, no, I'm just gonna stick with the tuft oh, of it. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's what his hair looked like. Cabbage Patch that had hair like that, too. Yes, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A little tuft of hair that just stuck up like that. Great. <laughs> Great punk. So he convinces them to help him out because he's trying to yeah. rescue his lady. They the, really like his jacket. Yeah, the whatever the punk kid, whatever they, his name the was. Multiple punks keep talking to him about his jacket. Like they really want that jacket. You know, and I'm not like whatever. So it's 1988. I don't know. Like for me, punk really isn't. I mean, punk is kind of on the wane, isn't it? Yeah. By then, it it was kind of like it's more like, like it's like more like the, yeah, it's more like the Los Angeles punk or the, I mean, you got Husker Du and maybe some other maybe hardcore, but these kids don't look like hardcore to me. No, they look more like they're like fucking Hessians or something. Yeah. Anyway, so um, so this is how they get into the compound to save Sue. The punks roll up with Charles S. Dutton and Paul Hogan. And by the way, Paul or uh, Charles S. Dutton's car is pretty sweet. That ride, I love his ride. It is. It's. It's. I don't know what it is even. <laughs> I don't know because we're not expecting him to maybe it, drive the car. It looks like like, a, like an old purple Studebaker or something yeah, like something that. like that. But with like the over the yeah. wheels, like the the wheel wells are like yeah. light blue instead. So they cram as many punks, which you probably could, maybe 70 punks in, in a car, you know, because who cares? Anyway, so they start making noises outside of the uh, the villa or wherever they're at that Sue's captured in. And they're like, what's going on? What are those? So the stormtrooper guys come out because they're idiots. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Like the foot soldier people. Yeah. His, the peons his we've never even met before until now. Right. Go check him out. Okay, so they go outside, and then you know, the, the the punks are all making noise, and then Paul Hogan karate chop. He drops his gun, and immediately one of them goes, "Hi ah!" Yeah, like I thought he, that was like so strange. Well, but and then you keep kidding these things. Like it's even the action is even boring. It's so the boring. guy kicks at him, and he grabs his leg, and so which boring. we've all done this to somebody. 
he would grab his leg and just like walked backwards with him into the bushes. Like the guy yeah. isn't like, hey, I'm going to drop down and like, you know, struggle my way out of this. Yeah. He just is like, oh, oh, I'm okay. And just goes with yeah. it. So he gets in and he finds, uh, you know, what's his bucket? I can't think of the, the henchman. There's like the henchman guy and then there's the guy that works for him. Right? The yeah. guy with longer hair. Who oh, throws yeah. the knife out and knocks him out right away. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Like, you never see Paul Hogan hurt anyone. Like, uh, and when Miguel. he's hurting anyone, he, he never kills anyone. Yeah, Miguel. He does anything that like name? that. He always just knocks them out. Yes. Because he's so badass. So he yep. knocks them out. <laughs> and then, um, then he knocks the door down. And then the guy, like, collapses with the door and he's like, come with me. Yeah. Have, meanwhile, there's like a well, mob that has has formed outside of like people. Yeah. Well, all the, people. all the punks or whatever are outside making sounds, whatever, driving these guys crazy as like Mick knocks them out one by one. He wants to get inside. Like you said, he 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 throws his knife uh, the butt end first at Miguel to knock him out. And then he goes after the, the main guy. Uh, Luis Rico, he goes after him. Um, he does this thing where he scratches at the door. And I'm like, I don't see an animal. I don't so know what he's doing. I don't know what. Well, he's scratching it, which brings Luis Maybe close he, to, oh, he's to bringing hear it. it. He was bringing it him yeah. to the door. And then when he, he just was like, okay, he's probably close enough now. Knocks a statue down on top of the door, which then knocks him out. And like... He knows, like, the whole time he does all these things that are, like, perfect studies of, like, I know exactly how these people are going to react to these traps that I'm setting or these weird ploys I'm doing. I think that, uh, I think that, uh, Crocodile Dundee, Mick Dundee has hunted people before. (laughs) Well, maybe. I think he's hunted people. Perhaps. I think that was what he used to do. I think he hunted IRS agents. I think he was... He was playing the most dangerous, something <laughs> the most dangerous game, probably, and that would be not letting people see your tax returns. Anyway, um, <laughs> but there's a group of like there's tons of people that are like, "What's going on here?" I guess we'll get in. I'm like, "Where did these people come from?" Including Colin Quinn, that's where he shows. Colin up. Quinn shows up and he starts going, "Yeah, let's do it!" Like, and you're dressed nice. Yeah, you figured tuxedo. Colin Quinn would be one of the punks. Yeah. But he's not. No. Really? No. I think he would have been, but that's me. So Colin Quinn got his sad card that way. And uh, <laughs> but I don't understand why, how all these people showed up. It was it was kind of like, yeah, you know, we got to like applaud. Well, we we saw a little bit of it when they were going by, like when a bunch of the rat and his crew were driving by. People were like, what's going on this way? I don't know, but I'm following. And they were hopping in their cars. Danger, let's go. Uh, yeah. Like, whatever. Well, they said, you're the most popular gang in New York. Yeah. And I was like, popular gang in New York? Like, oh, my God. You're not actually a gang. You're just like trendy kids who are just trying (laughs) to be badass. Yes. Yes. Well, we do hang out at Hot Topic. Oh, my God. Was that rat? Wherever he's going, I'm going to be there. (laughs) New, New York's hottest new nightclub is Luis Rico's compound. (laughs) It's, it's got true. everything. Luis Guzman, Crocodile Dundees. Statues that hit people. <laughs> Statues that crush you under doors. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, and then so uh, the next the next morning, the police are like, uh, we'll, uh, we'll watch. Yeah. We'll take care of you. Well, and, and Brannigan already met right. Mick, but like now he, they got a hold of him. And so he's there with, uh, oh, and we also uh, forgot about Stephen Root. Like, yeah, he almost Stephen, cut off Stephen Root was, was trailing. Yeah. Yes, he was. He was trailing Mick. Mick knows it early on. Yeah, manages to evade him. And Stephen Root, when he goes to use the bathroom, uh, Mick is going to cut his dick off. Well, he doesn't know who he is. He thinks he's yeah. working for yeah, for for Luis, Rico probably for Rico. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so uh, we'll we'll put you in protective custody. He's like, no, you know what? I'll do it. Well, they were in protective custody, and Mick even, like, makes breakfast for the guard. 
But when uh, Sue goes to get ketchup, because normal people put ketchup in their eggs. It's true. I don't care. I'm fine with that. I'm getting angry about it. I never said you couldn't. (laughs) The... uh, no, the uh, when she goes to get the ketchup, they start taking shots at her through the window. Yes. And, you know, everybody gets down. Everybody's okay. I also am, like, curious what the point of that would have been exactly. Because if you kill her, they already have the film. I d- like, it, makes, it doesn't make any makes no sense. Doesn't make sense. Except for revenge. Is, the only thing driving you is revenge. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. no reason for... The last half of the movie for me. Yeah, what is I the don't point understand of all the of that. point of that. They already have the the cops and the police already have the film. All the evidence they all need. the evidence they need. So you're SOL. You don't need these people anymore. So you're just angry because they got away. I should you be more worried about the amount of evidence that is getting piled up against you? The fact that yeah. you are you know probably going to fry. No. I got to track down Nick and his lady. Yeah. And they're going down. Well, and he goes, look, I know. How are you going to protect us here when they can yeah. do all this stuff? And Brannigan's like, well, I thought they might have. Uh, I thought they might try this eventually, yeah. but we didn't think it'd be happening so fast. So, and I, you know what? Like, I'm going to be honest with you. The New York part is okay for me. Like, I'm okay yeah. with the New York part. Now we go to the part I'm not okay with. <laughs> I just found the, the, the Australian parts kind of boring. Like yeah. I felt like, why are we back in Australia? It's almost too late to go back to Australia. It is. It's, it it really movie. is. Well, it's like a whole different movie. Because you've, you've basically had like two the... two movies. Well, you've, you've basically had your action and all this stuff happen up to that point. Like, they should have been like, yes. we need to get the film out of here. Let's go to back to Australia. And I don't know about you, but I've already invested so much time in Charles S. Dutton's character that I actually want yes. to know more about it. Yeah. I honestly do. I want, like, spin off him. Well, you, do whatever. you spend your time developing this character who's going to help you with all this stuff. Yeah. And you're like, all right, we're out. Bye. I feel like they Not wrote even it. The, even the punks are more interested in. I feel like they they wrote the movie and then they were like, what? It's only an hour long? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's really what I uh, thought, too. Uh, come on, Paul. Write what you know. Write what you know. Australia. Walkabout Creek. <laughs> That's what it feels like. There's no reason for... Okay, so By the tell way, people what's I'm going on. I'm extremely sorry. No, to... but tell people what's going on. They go to Australia. And yeah. like, we can we can kind of hurry with this because yeah. there's a lot that yeah. going on that does not make sense No, it doesn't. Okay, so we learn... Here's all the things we learn. So they go to Australia... He runs back into, like, his original friends. So, uh, you know, we see uh, Walter, uh, who is, like, kind of his goofy buddy from the first one. Uh, we we see, what's his name, uh, Donk and Nugget. We run into them. Um, Australia's new nightclub is called Donk and Nugget. It's called Australia's new snot club. It's called <laughs> Donk and Nugget. <laughs> It's got everything. Paul Hogan. Paul Hogan subpoenas. <laughs> so, uh, Walter Riley. No, seriously. Why are they going back? And I mean, I, I, I get why they're going back. But why are, what's the point of this? What's the point of it's, that guy chasing him? I feel like, I feel like this is basically Paul Hogan jerking himself off. I really do. Because it is like, okay, so here's the things they tell us. They get onto his. Uh, they get onto his onto this territory where they're hiding out, and they that, go that he owns. They go, much. "What is this called?" And he goes, "Belong a Mick." And they're like, "What does that mean?" And he goes, "Well, I think it means belongs to Mick." And I'm like, "Okay, okay, thanks." Uh, and so she's like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, I own this. I own. It would only take you three or four days to get across this property that I own." And she's like, three or four days to get across the property? What are you talking about? Yeah. And he's like." Oh, my, my rich uncle left it to me, um, which is weird because then they were like, he had no family and he was raised by Aborigines. Yeah. Later. No, no. They talk about make sense. he's the spirit, whatever it is. Like he he talks to animals. He communes know. with all this. They've taught him all their magic and blah, blah, blah. Like So Rico was tell people Rico's being um, yeah. guided oh, by. Oh, I'm sorry. Real quick. Uh, at one point, he's like, 
Uh, also, I have this and takes out like a gold nugget that's like the size of my the palm of my hand. And she's like, what? He goes, I call it my reserve bank. There's a gold mine over there that I just get gold out of whenever I need what? it. And it's like, what? what are you fucking talking about, Paul Hogan? You didn't need a job. All you needed to do was dry or fly all the way to Australia, go mine some gold real quick. And then you go, there we go. That's my job. Yeah. So... Uh, so, I mean, let's hurry up with this because yeah, this, 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 this part, part does not. Well, right. So oh. they, they go there. They try to get some mercenaries together. Yeah. Um, there's a, like an, an aboriginal tracker there. The tracker is like, who? Mick Dundee and walks off. I'm out. Because, yeah, because he can't go like Mick Dundee. No way I'd mess with him. And so he leaves uh, some skeezy guys like I know what to do. So they kidnap Walter and try to get him to lead him to Mick. Uh, you know, and try to like hold him hostage while Mick shoots him, nicks him. That way he can be like, see, like we're not friends. Don't hurt him. And so Walter leads them that way. Yeah. Um, one by one, he's kidnapping people. He's not from, killing them, but he's no, kidnapping and tying them from up. From Rico's place. Yeah. Rico's he uses game. his like magical, uh, calling thing. Yeah, like he has like one of those. I can't remember what they call him. The yeah, not a didgeridoo, but a uh, what you call it? A chuzzwuzzer or whatever it's called. A chuzzwuzzer? I don't know what they're called. Didgeridoo is a real thing. I've been called a chuzzwuzzer before. <laughs> a didgeridoo is a real thing. I don't know what this other thing is called. Uh, but he takes it on a string and it's like, yeah. and I, so well, those are chuzzwuzzers. Yeah, so he calls them in, uh, and. Like, so the, the other indigenous, uh, you know, the indigenous people are like, hey, you know, here's yeah. what. Uh, we'll help you out. Yeah, we'll help you out. So they're kind of, you know, running interference, and like backing him up. He gets it narrowed down to two people. Uh, yeah. And this part totally fucking confuses me. Yes. I mean, because I'm just like, what? Yeah. So he gets it narrowed down to two people. He manages to save Walter, yeah. pretending to eat him as a crocodile. As a crocodile. Which he pops out of the water wearing a crocodile Yeah, on I his just head. got it. And he goes, yeah, where do you think I got... It? They're like, oh, you know, we could be eaten by a crocodile or killed by a crocodile. And he goes, where do you think I got this guy? So you just killed him and made him into a have. hat? He had to have. Or it was in his gold mine. I don't know. It's so weird. Uh, anyway, so they, uh, so they go back. Sue is like... Wait, uh, Mick is treating this like a game. You know, we got to get out there and help him. And she's so she's refusing to stay. So Walter is like, well, I'm going to go with you then. And so they go. Uh, Luis and uh, Miguel are like, hey, um, Miguel's like, we're not going to beat him. Like, are you kidding me? This guy is, is not going to let us beat him. Like, we're on his turf. And Luis is like, oh, well, haven't you ever tried to get a sn- or chase a snake into a cane field? And Miguel, I'm sure, is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, that line makes no sense. No, so no, no. I get what the, the point is, is they're trying to smoke him out. They're trying to smoke him out. They're, they're setting fire to these weeds so he can't see. So he's going to go to, like, they're going to flush him out. But he ends up... Uh, he ends up getting the drop on Luis. Yes. And uh, he's like, I know your friend's out here. So we cut to, um, or he tells him to take off his clothes. We see, we cut to Sue and Walter walking up, and they see Louise has uh, Mick held at gunpoint. Walter shoots uh, Luis, and then... Uh, you see Mick run back for the gun. Uh, Miguel shoots him. I thought that Sue shot. No. Okay. No, Walter fires first. Okay. Uh, Miguel, uh, yeah, Walter fires first. Because why did he say she's a bad shot? Then? No, he said Miguel. He said Walter's, oh, a, bad Walter's shot. a bad shot. Yeah. So uh, Walter shoots Rico. Uh, Mick runs back for the gun. Miguel shoots him. Then thinking that Mick's been shot, Sue shoots Miguel. So 
everybody's murderers. I guess. Um, yeah. Look, and, Mission Impossible 3 had a less complicated <laughs> right? plot. Than so uh, we see Mick fall over the edge of this cliff face. So he's laying dead on the ground. And they're, they're of course, crushed. And uh, Charlie, one of the... Uh, uh, one of the the natives, the the indigenous people, who comes up and says, "Hey, you know, he, I, if he wants his clothes, he's gonna have to climb down and get it himself." <gasps> Wait, that wasn't Mick. And they go, "What?" And they're like, "We traded clothes to flush out the other guy. You guys screwed that up." Uh, and morons. He, he was like, "You know, you screwed up when you shot Mick Walter." He's like, "But lucky for you, you're a bad shot." And you see Mick come out, and he's kind of like grazed in the love handle or something like that yeah, so um but then they they get out of there yeah. and uh she runs over yeah and he says like let's go home she says we already are and then they turn to the camera freeze boom yeah credits oh by the way after all the credits roll because i i they just kept playing at the end he goes let's go home like that. That's all it says. That's they all it just says? tag that at the end. Okay, whatever. I was like, "What's what? stupid?" Yeah, that's stupid. I know. <laughs> it was so dumb. Jesus. He wanted the last line. So you've been deuced on that. Oh you know, my God. I think we should go through our, our five uh, questions, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you think is the best part of this movie? Uh, Charles has died. <laughs> um, you know, any any part that was in New York was better than the Australia stuff. Yeah. Because I like having um, the fish out of water story. Yeah. I don't think they played it out very well. Um, but, but I really think that uh, my favorite parts were the fact that you did get to see New York. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, 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 the, and the whole environment with through uh, Mick and New York. Yeah. Uh, I like that. But I just don't like how they executed it. Does that make sense? Yes, I yeah. understand what you're saying. Yeah, and I, I, and Charles I agree. Dutton. Yeah, I Charles lie. Dutton was great, even though his voice was so. Yeah, that like okay. <laughs> the the uh, no, I do agree with that. Honestly, though, I think my favorite part was the uh, the compound raid where they went after. Oh yeah, that's my favorite part because yes, it's I agree. okay because there's. There's plenty of action that I was like, yes, that's why yeah. I remember enjoying Crocodile Dundee was yes. because of the action piece, but he's not talking like during any of it. And that is okay. Cause like yes. I, then I didn't have a bunch of his like he does his, his gimmick is the uh he hears what they say. He looks at him like a confused puppy. Yeah. Then he goes, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then just <laughs> kind of like, yeah, plainly, and then and they, they react go, to it. Yeah. And yeah. then they react like, Oh, you're a fish out of water. I agree. Because it was also like, it was also bringing, it was like the, it was bringing Australia into New York. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Instead of the other way around. Yes. I agree. And so I like that. Yeah. Maybe that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. You stole, you stole the words out of my mouth. <laughs> if, if you want something for, for my money. Oh, yeah. If you want something that that does really good, like Australian kind of like, I think what the movie was trying to pull off. You were thinking Strange Bedfellows with Paul Hogan as well. Right? I was not. No, okay, okay. No, I was thinking Quigley Down Under. Quigley Down Under. My, you weren't thinking. Like my the favorite film. I now pronounced you Chuck and Larry. I uh, guess not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um. Yeah, that was my favorite part of it. Right. What do you, uh? do you think this movie stands on its own? Well, throughout the whole, well, a good chunk of the movie, um, they don't really talk about what happened previously. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't think it does because I'm like, why are you in New York? Yeah. Why are you going back to Australia? Who are these people from, you know, Australia? Yeah. Why are you getting gold? <laughs> like, I don't know <laughs> yeah. any of that. Why do you just have giant nuggets <laughs> of gold? That's probably not answering the first movie. So, no, I don't think it holds all that. I, and I agree, but I think it like, again, it's almost like two movies because it's two movies. So the, so the first part, but I enjoyed the first part, not relying on the first movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. And just going for something new. Right. Even so the, if it wasn't executed right. Yeah. So the first part, like 
even like I could have probably have started to assess what was going on. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have quite got it, but it, like it at least it had moments where I was like, okay, like I don't need to really understand what's happening. Not like really. I get the generalities. Yeah. However, um, the, the one that I'm like, no, is once you get to Australia, yeah. I w- would be totally fucking confused. Uh, I was confused. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, uh, would you reboot, continue, or cancel this? Um, mm, that's a really... Uh, you go first. So, um, personally, uh, I would cancel it. The No, the... Um, I, but part of me is like, I would like to see this done right. Maybe with like a, a more modern like Australian actor. So but like, thing, good luck doing that. Paul Hogan owns all the rights yeah. to Crocodile. Dundee oh no, no, he's not giving any of that away. No, yeah. and, and no, I don't he because he owes too much money. Right. Yeah. Um. No, but to say I, that I kind of wish that maybe that they would do this and this is going to shock you and piss people off because they don't like when a role reversals happen but have a female Australian kind yeah. of you know woman who yeah. comes to New York and make it more modern New York make it you know more hipster-esque and you could have kind of commentary on that yeah, and, and whatnot you know what I mean then yeah. all of a sudden people want to become Australian because they, they fall in love with, you know, this girl. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, now people were calling hate for that because it would be like, oh, you can't have a woman. But I, yeah. I say have a woman. Yeah. I think too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you could really do anything. Um, I guess I know they did the Crocodile Dundee in L.A., which was. Basically on par with Blues Brothers 2000. It was just like pretty awful. That's even worse. <laughs> but um, they were people have been calling for. So they had a uh, they had a like a an Australia tourism ad. Okay. That made they made it to look like a movie trailer where Danny McBride plays sure. Crocodile Dundee's son. Sure. And people were like, please tell me this is real. Oh, God, please tell me this is real. And it's not. It's just like a tourism campaign. But people are still calling for this thing to be a movie. Yeah. I say burn it all to the ground. <laughs> like, we do I not need any more of this. This movie was meant to be, if, the, if any of the money is going to Paul Hogan, burn it down. I don't think I, if anyone's trying to, to avoid taxes and stuff like that, I think that they're kind of a little bit scummy and they don't need any more money. Yeah. And I'm sorry um, about that, but that's how I feel. So burn it down. No. And you know what? Like really Australia is not that I think in the eighties, like I felt like Australia was this mystery place and like it was woohoo. And like now it's not as much. That's my practical answer. But my real answer is that I would like to see a woman. Yeah. No, I would be, I'd be on board with that. I'd be on board with that. Um, Let's see. Um, does it make you want to watch the first one? Um, the first part of the movie makes me want to watch the first one. The last part of the movie makes me not want to watch the first one. Yeah. Like, like it makes me want to watch it. Like, I'm like, yeah. I really was like, yeah, okay, I'll watch the first one. Yeah. It's, you know, with the New York stuff and everything. And then we go back to Australia and I'm like, you know what? Fuck with it yeah. i don't know why like i just feel like ah, you made the wrong step like you, you you like you said i feel like they wrote like an hour and they're like oh shit we have 15 minutes to fill what should we do yeah you know and so I, no no um i'm kind of with you like the first part i was like i wouldn't mind watching the first one again before it was kind of like what the fuck is going on right. before they complicated it yes um until they got to australia and then all I kept thinking about was Quigley Down Under, and I really wanted to watch it. All you kept thinking it. about is a different movie that did yes. It better. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. That I I kept thinking of better but, movies. But think about that. Quigley Down Under is a fish out of water movie. Yeah. But I, it's I, like I've never seen it. But yeah. You've never seen Quigley Down Under? Yeah. We were gonna watch it one night, but we never. We're, gonna, <sighs> we're not gonna talk about it it's right my now. Favorite movie of all time. Anyway. 
Um, Sam Elliott, is he in that? No. He's not? No. Tom Selleck is. Tom Selleck. Sorry. Uh, so. Sam Elliott's not in that? Yeah, possibly. it was. Go ahead. Um, but yeah, it made me want to watch a whole other it's movie that I thought, okay. that I thought did it better. I'm thinking of Lonesome Dove. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you, uh, describe your experience in two words. Uh, Outback Outhouse instead of Steakhouse. Okay. I want to take this out back and flush it down the toilet. I really do not like this. And the reason why I don't like it is the last part of the movie. I feel like there's so much that you lost that you could have. I don't know. You could have. Like, if you're going to put those little stupid scenes in this movie, yeah. then you could have then flushed it out to make it more in New York. Do you know what I mean? Why not have more of those scenes? Because even those scenes are ham-fisted with other scenes with him on the uh, the building or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But this last part of this movie makes no sense to me. It doesn't make any sense why the, the, the bad guys are after them. They don't need to be after them. Except for revenge. That's the only motivation. And even that's stupid. So, no. I flush it down the toilet. Okay. You ready for mine? Even though you can't with an outhouse. You just throw it down that tube. Yeah. Throw some throw it down there and throw some lie on top of it. My two words are didgery don't. Thanks. Yes. I was trying to think of something. Um so yeah, don't. (laughs) It's like this movie, um it really feels like it feels like there was some sort of there was like a money grab and like the the level to which the movie taxes? was made is inconsistent like yeah. throughout the entire thing like sometimes you get where it's going and then it's like okay now it was the like even the even in New York it's like that yeah it's unbalanced yeah and even then like if you think about the scene where the scene even though I like it where he does the raid on the compound the filming it, of it seems way different. Oh. I mean, now it seems like a set versus this like mm-hmm. place where you've been. Like the whole thing is just very inconsistent. Yes, it almost feels like three movies or four movies. It just seems very odd. It's just disjointed. Me. Well, it's very disjointed. Even like I said, even in the New York scenes, it feels like it's very unbalanced. Yeah, agreed. So agreed. there you go. Yep. So your nostalgia for Crocodile Dundee two. Has been broken, I would say. <laughs> Perhaps. I think a lot of people, we talked about this off air, a lot of people th- remember these movies a little bit fonder than what they do. And I don't know if it's because they remember certain catchphrases. Because there's there's parts of the first movie that I really do like. I have seen the first movie, and I'm like, oh, I really like that. That's really cool how they did that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like this movie, it's, it just seems like, I don't know, a waste a waste of everything that that's involved with it. And that's too bad. I don't know. Like you said, is this the producers? Who knows? Yeah. Well, Jeremy, uh, that concludes our uh, 80s movies. We'll be uh, wrapping this up with this episode and moving into the next decade. The decade of the 90s. Ooh. Whatever. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, whatever. Whatever. Do we know what movies we're doing? There? Yes. Should we tell people? We can. Let's tell them. Okay. I'm getting ready to tell you right now. Right. <laughs> you can find us at the the Deuce uh, the Deuce Podcast uh, on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes. Rate us on iTunes. Uh, pod any podcatcher out there. You can find us on Facebook anywhere you stalk people. Uh, Twitter. Our Twitter handle is what Deuce Podcast. Or yeah, at Deuce Podcast. At Deuce Podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, did you say deucepodcast.podbean.com? A deuce Podcast. Pod, pod by Bob Podbean, Bob Poo. That's what, That's what I said. Okay. <laughs> I also had a mini stroke there. That's great. All right. Okay. So, we have Gremlins 2. Gremlins 2. We have... Gremlins I 2 is also the, for our uh, President's Day. President's Day. Yep. Uh, I still know what you did last summer. Yes. Yes. And 
Beastmaster 2 through the portal <laughs> of time. I'm excited for all those. I'm very excited for I still don't want you to do that summer because it's. I still know what you did two summers ago, you morons. Do not title your movie like that. That's true. Ugh. Just drives me nuts. We, we saw an ad for uh, the sequel to Happy Death Day. Yes. Called Happy Death Day to you with the number two. Ooh. And you were like, <laughs> it's oh, like, it's a deuce. It's a deuce it's now. A deuce. So who knows? We might do modern. Who knows? All right. Uh, I'm going to say on that, uh, on that note, right? Do you have anything else to say about this movie or anything else to say about? Find us on No Phony Podcast Network. Yes. Do all that. Yep. And remember, the sequel is king. <laughs>